This is chapter 9, Consequence of Disobeying Baba. Baba's arms collection and Panchishuna and other scenes. Stories of devotee Tarkhad. My obeisance to Sri Ganesh, to Sri Saraswati, to Sri Guru Maharaj, to the family deity, to Sita Ramachandra, my most humble obeisance, I bow in reverence to the most venerable Guru Sri Saina. Now to continue from the stories in the previous chapter, I shall describe how devotees suffered if they returned to their respective places without Baba permitting them to do so. Similarly about Baba's practice of collecting arms which he followed till the end of his life to avoid Panchashuna and other such sins only for the benefit of his devotees. And also how Sai pervades the whole universe. Right from Brahma to all the inanimate objects, this Sai himself by his grace impress upon us that God dwells in all beings. Hence, O listeners, I entreat your full attention while listening for when these sacred stories are heard and reverence with reverence you will attain your meal. This is one special characteristic of the pilgrimage to Shirdi. If a pilgrim returns home without taking Baba's permission, he invites only trouble for himself. But once such permission is granted, then he cannot say stay even a moment longer in Shirdi. Should he persist, sure enough he would bring trouble upon himself. All have experienced this already. Those who disobeyed Baba's orders had to face a great many difficulties on the way. Many more were robbed by thieves an experience which they remembered all their lives. Those who started out on an empty stomach in a hurry despite being told to have their meal before leaving not only missed the train but were wearied out of hunger and exasperation as many devotees have seen for themselves. Patil Tatya Kote once wanted to go to Kopargaon for his weekly market and so came to the mosque. The Tonga was kept waiting outside. He had Baba's darshan and as if to take Baba's permission he in fact only bowed at Baba's feet to take his leave. Time and again would the devotee avoid or put off, taking permission. <coughs> but Baba knew the good times and the bad. Seeing Tata's imp- uh, impatience to go, he said, just wait a moment. Let the marketing be, marketing be. It can be done later. But do not go outside the village. Yet on seeing Tatya's great insistence, he added, do take Shama with you. Oh, where is the need for Shama? thought Tatya to himself and disregarding Baba's words, he went and sat in the Tonga to go to the market. Of the two horses of the Tonga, one was swift-footed and had cost 300 rupees. As they approached Saul Vihir, a village three kilometers from Shirdi, the horse began to gallop even so fast, becoming wild and wavered. The horse that they had never known the whip and was accustomed to making his way to the market in no time, tripped and fell giving a sudden violent jolt to the Tonga and spraining Tatya's loins sorely. As a result, alas, what a marketing and shopping. Tatya at once remembered Sai, his mother. Had I but heeded Sai's words, this mishap would have been averted. He thought regretfully. Now what had happened has happened. Nothing can be done. See, um, just for your understanding again, it is like this. Till there is a certain permission, a certain amount of command that is issued, you need to follow that. A normal human being doesn't understand what are the pros and the cons, how things are going to happen, what are they going to happen. Hardly anybody understands this. So what do these sages and the saints do? No, They very quietly issue a, a very uh, a small cautionary notice. It's not a threat. It's not a threat. Please understand this. It's a caution. They are cautioning you against doing something or they are telling you now do this. So if you don't do or if you do not exercise that caution, 
then it can lead to a very big or a very you know, a certain amount of mishap and this mishaps can be a cause of your misery or the person's misery and that is the reason why they are trying to make those people avoid those kind of things or tell them you should do this and do this it's just preempting a certain amount of karma it's a preempting strategy it's a way of uh, you know cushioning cushioning effect that means uh, you know when you do the high jump you have seen on the other side there are cushions laid out so that your fall can be averted you know your fall will not be that great you will fall on the other side no doubt about it but you will be cushioned over there so this is the reason why they do this kind of a thing okay on another occasion a similar thing happened this time tatya was all set to go to a place called kolhar horses were harnessed to the tonga and as he came all ready to ask for permission he just bowed at baba's feet it will be back in no time he said and although he had not obtained baba's clear consent tatya set out but now listen to what happened already the tonga was small and lightweight in the horses were rather unbridled and wild and would not stop even at the cavities and pits tatya's life stood in imminent peril but sai's grace saved him the tonga banged into the babul tree and it was as well as it broke down there for it averted further disaster similarly once a highly placed english gentleman from bombay came to baba's darshan with some definite purpose in mind he carried a recommendation from chandurkar in a letter which had been addressed to madhavrao he asked for a tent to stay and was quite comfortable in it everyone knew well how impossible it was for anyone to climb up the steps of the mosque and take baba's darshan to the heart's content against baba's wishes three times did the gentleman make an attempt to climb the mosque but it was all fruitless the visitor was greatly disheartened in his innermost heart he had wished to go up to the mosque make obeisance to baba on bended knees kiss his hands and sit for a while such indeed was his wish but baba would not allow him to come up and sit near him at that time in the mosque baba wanted him to be in the sabha mandap below to sit there to take darshan from that place itself if he so desired but he definitely did not want him to come up so he got up to go and came to the courtyard to take leave before returning home but you can go but you can go tomorrow baba said to him why all this hurry people around were also trying to persuade him and treating him in many ways not to go telling him how those who went without taking permission regretted it greatly but nobody can prevail against the predestined he was not convinced and set out without permission only to face troubles and tribulations on the way initially the tonga ran smoothly after enough but afterwards the horses went off the track and hardly had they gone past saul wihir when all of a sudden a bicycle crossed their path the gentleman was sitting at the back while in front the horses ran amok startled by the sudden interruption the gentleman was knocked off the balance and fell flat across the road with enormous effort the tonga was stopped the man had gone sliding down and was lifted up and seated in the tonga and then the tonga proceeded on its journey alas shirdi remained on one side bombay on the other instead it was the hospital in kopargaon that the tonga drove to tormented by remorse suffering is an expiation of the sin of disobeyed ba- of disobeying baba the gentleman had to spend some days in the hospital people had innumerable such experiences as a result they began to have doubts and apprehensions of such occasions and started obeying baba's orders no one dared to disobey sometimes the wheel came off the carriage at other times the horses were tired out trains were missed people starved and so many left moaning and fretting with frustrations but those who obeyed his command always caught the train 
sometimes even running on, out of his schedule and had a pleasant comfortable journey which they remembered all their lives. See, uh, the line number 30, I'll do it again, you will understand that there need not be any fear the way you look at it. Because people think that it's a fear something, you know, it's not like that. Nobody can prevail against predestined. So that means destiny is fixed. You have to understand this. Destiny is fixed. Nobody can change the destiny at all. He was not convinced and set out without permission only to face trials and tribulations on the way. That means the destiny is fixed. The particular accident is fixed. The way in which it is supposed to happen is already fixed. But by following the instructions of the divine, of the of Sai, Sai Baba or the Sadguru, what happens is that is cushioned, that effect is cushioned. You will not meet that particular fate because they can do what is called an adjustment in the entire karmic loops. They, they can do these adjustments. The same incident may occur many years later but it will not affect the person so much. That is why it is always advised that you should follow the instructions. Should anyone have a doubt as to why Baba preferred the practice of collecting arms and followed it for men for years together, listen now at it to his explanation. Actually, if one considers Baba's lifestyle and conduct as a whole, one will realize that collecting of arms was most benefiting, befitting. But for doing so, he gave an opportunity to people to perform the duty of a householder, all for their own good, which brought them get satisfaction. It is a devotee, steadfast in his faith and who surrenders everything, body, speech, mind and wealth at the feet who is very dear to Sai. In Grahastha Ashram, that is the householders or the second of the four stages of ashramas, whatever food is cooked in the house is first to be offered to the householder to the sacred fire in the name of the sannyasi and the brahmachari. If however the householder partakes of the food without first making such an offering, then he has to perform the Chandrayana ritual for the purification of the speech, mind and action according to the Shastras. Sannyasis and Brahmacharis are forbidden to cook food. If they start doing it, then they too will most certainly be saddled with this Chandrayana ritual. Now I think, you know, if you actually look at this line, you will understand that in my group, I don't have any Sannyasis or Brahmacharis for this reason. First and foremost, they are not allowed to cook. They are not allowed to have, uh, they have to go out and beg for their food. This is a ritual for every sannyasi in this world. They cannot cook their food. They cannot make anything at home. They do not have a home. They have to wear orange clothes, which are clothes of renunciation. The orange clothes, you know. And they have to be staying outside in some other place. And they are not even allowed to stay at, at somebody's house for more than a few days. This is something that you have to understand. We are all grahasthi. Grahasthi means those who are having families and relations and so on and so forth. And we can be in this world as well, well as in that world. This is what I explained yesterday. Okay. And now these rituals that are being mentioned, what I will do is once I finish this chapter, I will take a small 10 minutes for that to just give you an idea about it. Alright. Uh, we will continue the whole chapter first. Hence the Shastras have interested the responsibility of feeding them to the householders. Sannyasis never take up any occupation to satisfy their hungers. So they are also not allowed to take up money or some jobs or something like that. They are not even supposed to work for their living. Baba was not a householder, nor was he the one of Prastha stage, but he was a celibate who renounced the world from childhood. For such a one then, subsisting on collecting arms was most fitting. 
He who regarded the whole universe as his home knows for certain that he is himself Vasudev and Vishwambar, that he is the everlasting Brahma. Only such a member of the whole family has a true perfect right of, to the food collected by arms. As for all others, just look at the vulgar display and the mockery that they have made of this practice. First a man should give up the desire for a son, for children or for family, then the desire for wealth and also for fame, honor in the world. He who is free from all the threefold desires can alone think of subsisting on arms. Or else, the verses of Tukaram, where he says, it's a disgraceful existence to reserve to the begging bowl, will become meaningful and meaningless and futile. The young and the old, the great and the small, all knew too well what a great Siddha Sai Samarth was. It, was. it is we who are always bound by our worldly hopes and desires and are not steadfast in our devotion to the holy field. The five great sacrificial offerings, without which a householder was forbidden by Shastras to take his meal. Sai himself got performed every day in Shirdi, thereby sanctifying the food prepared. Every day he would go to the five houses for arms to remind the householders of their duty to offer food first to a guest. Fortunate indeed were those who learned the lesson sitting in their own homes. After making the five great sacrificial offerings, those who partake of the remaining food will have their five great sins, that is the Panchashuna, which are so difficult to understand and committed quite unknowingly, destroyed altogether. Uh, these are the things that I, I will take later on. Okay, Among the people, these Panchashunas are known by the five great sins as Kandani, Chuli, Peshani, Utkumbi and Marjani. When the stone mortar is fed with food grains, which is then pounded with the pestle to remove the chaff and the bran from it, tiny little creatures are killed unknowingly. But until it goes through this entire process, the grain will not get cooked. Hence, this is the very first sin of the Panchashuna and is called Kandani. Kandani means you pound it, no pounding process. When wood is kindled in the fireplace to cook the food, there two living beings are destroyed quite unknowingly. This is the second sin, thing, sin called Chuli. Chuli, Chula you know Chula, the place where you uh, do your food, cook your food. Now today you have gas Chulas and you may think gas mein kya hai. I'm sorry you don't understand. Gas you know, uh, do you know what basically the gas is made up of? It is made up of gases which are called methane. Methane. Methane is the primary substance which is used in organic. We are all organic people, you know. We are. We are. Yeah. We are all. We are all uh, organic beings basically. The formation is through carbon and hydrogen. The major, uh, yeah, major ingredients of this body is carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen. Yes. So these are the things which are our body is made up of. And these gases, that is CH4, if I am not mistaken, isn't it? CH4 and C2H5. Now these gases are basically, yeah, that is uh, ethanol, ethane. In ethane and ethane, these are very important gases. Now these gases are released. Now in the swampy areas what happens is, there are those trees, you will find the shoots have come out. You know, I am sure you must have seen. They do the breathing over there. What has happened is all these plants, after they die, they fall, fall into this, uh, you know, that daldal, a swamp. And this swamp then converts it into methane gas. That is why if you go to any of the daldal, a person can die of methane poisoning. That is the reason you are not allowed to go over there. Got it? So, now think about it. There are so many organic creatures, I mean creatures like us, which are living creatures 
which are dying because of that. So gas is contributing towards it. So be careful. Taking a quern or a hand mill where the grain is ground into flour, once again innumerable little beings are crushed unawares. This scene is called Peshani. By the way, Annapurna, Pillsbury and all these people, kindly be careful while eating atta. <laughs> what do you say? All these companies are there no, nowadays. Nowadays you don't go and give it to that floor mill. Earlier you used to go to the floor mills with that big dabba and stand over there. Yeah. And that floor mill fellow, he is all white in color. Yeah. Have you seen? Yeah. All his eyes are also white, his hair is white. And nowadays you don't have to do that. You have to go to the departmental store or something and buy one uh, one kilo or ten kilo whatever of Annapurna atas and all these atas. You don't have to do But still, those atas have gone through a process, isn't it? So that is Peshani. When in a picture water is taken out of the well or a tank or a lake or when men and women wash their clothes again numerous creatures die. In order to clean the pictures when they are scrubbed or washed by hand with mud or ash. Nowadays again mud or no mud and ash. April and all that is used, isn't it? Living beings are unintentionally killed. This is the fourth sin called Putkumbi. Similarly, when bathing with hot and cold water or sprinkling the cow dung water for cleaning the floor, the great destruction of the life that takes place is called Marjani. Oh, you don't, don't think of Marjani song and all that, okay? Marjani is that, alright? So, to free himself from five great sins, a householder has to make five great sacrificial offerings. Once these sins are warded off, thus the householder will attain self-purification. It is by the power of self-purification that pure sacred knowledge is attained. And after such knowledge, these fortunate ones attain salvation, which is everlasting. Now, after you have killed so many of these creatures, you better be sorry about it. Okay? Imagine if you, are, if you are killing even one small kida, don't you feel sad about it? Okay? Suppose you catch one butterfly and the butterfly is killed. Or while you are going on the bike, one small creature gets killed. What happens? Don't you feel bad about it? So all these things that are happening over there, what happens is you have to be careful so that they, the harm is not done to them. So then these kind of sacrifices are done. Alright? However, it is by the power of self-purification that pure sacred knowledge is attained. After such knowledge, these fortunate ones attain salvation which is everlasting. However, in describing Sai's presence in collecting arms, the book has been expansive. But now listen to the true story of his connection and that we shall end this chapter. Whatever you send for Baba and whosoever you send it, provide it, provided it is sent with sincere heartfelt love, Baba will ask for it without fail, even if the bearer of that small offering forgets it. Be it then small or simple offering of bhakri or vegetable, or be it a sweet meat like a pedha, so long it is offered with loving devotion, it did not matter. And oh, how Sai's heart overflowed with love when he met with such unswerving faith. This is the story of one such loving devotee, listen to which you will be filled with joy. If any devotee failed to carry out a responsibility undertaken by him, Sai himself guided him to the path of his duty. And so gentle and sweet was his manner of instruction that at the pro proper time he would awaken the devotee of his duty. Blessed are those fortunate ones who have themselves experienced this. Their happiness is beyond all description. One of Sai's great devotees was by that name, by name Ram Chandra, his father Atma Ram and his surname Vattarkhad. Who, was, who had taken refuge in Sai, the abode of peace. But he was also called Baba Sahib Tarkhar and it was about him that we shall narrate a story that there being no better reason for this narration. 
Oh, how delightful it was to listen to Tarkhad when his heart overflowing with Sai's love, he would begin to describe his own experiences. And when he narrated one after the other with great gestures and expressions of deep feeling, the novel experience that he had at every step, oh, what a great devotion is revealed. Incomparable as his love was, Baba Sahib had installed a drawing of Sai in the beautiful sandalwood shrine at home for the purpose of worship every morning, noon and evening. Tarkhan was very fortunate for having also a son who is equally devoted to Sai, so much so that without offering naivedya to Sai, he would never touch food himself. Every morning after taking the bath, he used to offer puja to Baba's picture with all his heart and soul and body. With rituals he ended with offering naivedya. Even as he continued his regular practice untiringly, all his efforts bore fruit in the excellent, most unique experience that he had. His mother, who was a great devotee of Sai, was eager to go to Shirdi, and the father felt that the son should be with her in the journey. She wished to go to Shirdi, take Sai's darshan, spend a few days there and serve Sai in person. Although such was the father's wish, the son did not really want to go, for he was worried as to who will regularly perform the puja in the house in his absence. The father was a prathana samajist. Would it then be proper to trouble him with puja was the son's doubt. Uh, prathana samaj is a, is a particular samaj. Samaj means a group of people. They, in Mumbai, there are people who are from this prathana samaj also. They are like this um, Brahmo samaj people type. You know, They don't believe in God in the form and all that. Okay. And yet, knowing his secret wish, the son was ready to go and just listen to what he had very lovingly entreated his father. Unless I am promised that nobody in the house will take food without first offering naivedya to Sai, I certainly cannot go. The father was already aware of the son's vows. So, go, I will offer the naivedya regularly. You may be rest assured. Without first offering naivedya to Sai, none of us will take food. Trust my word and have no doubts. Go with an easy mind. On getting such an assurance, the boy went to Shirdi. As the next day dawned, Tarkhad himself performed the puja. On that day, right at the beginning of the puja ritual, Baba Sahib Tarkhad prostrated before Sai's picture and prayed, Baba, let my service of performing puja to you be the same as that of my son. Let it not be a mechanical exercise at my hands, but let true love spring in the heart while performing it. Early morning before the sunrise, which is the most perfect time for worship, Tarkhad would begin his puja with his prayers every day and offer naivedya at the end. This he continued without a break and offered a piece of sugar candy by way of naivedya until one day there was a lapse in his daily routine. His mind preoccupied with business matters. One day Tarkat did not remember the naivedya. Everybody had their meal without making the food offering to sign. Tarkat was the chief officer in charge of a well-known textile mill and had to go out every morning for his work. Later in the afternoon when he returned he was served at mill time the prasad of sugar candy offered to Sai in the morning. Such was the daily routine. When one day he forgot to offer sugar candy as naivedya and consequently had no prasad at lunch. It was the cook who used to serve the remaining sugar candy on his plate every day. When he sat down to his meal, that itself serving as purification of the food. But on that day for some reason, he was in a hurry while performing the puja and the offering of naivedya was forgotten. So the prasad too was not served as every day. At once, Tarkhad got up from the meal full of remorse and prostrating before Sai's picture said with tearful eyes, Baba, what is this Maya of yours? How did you stupefy my mind so? Really, it was just mechanical exercise that you made me perform. But now please grant me your forgiveness first. It was no mere bewilderment of mind, but a great sin <coughs> that I had committed and I am filled with remorse. Oh, it is my fault, entirely my fault, shameless as I am. Be compassionate to me, O Maharaj. 
He prostrated at Baba's feet in the picture and with a heart overcome with regret and repentance said, O oh, compassionate Maharaj, have mercy on me. So saying, he wrote a letter to his son in helpless, wretched state of mind saying, Entreat Baba's forgiveness. Say that a great sin has been committed at my hands. Pray for the mercy on one who has totally surrendered to him. With these words, he invoked the compassion and pray for an assurance of forgiveness and grace and on behalf of the humble servant. While this was happening at Bandra, at about 200 miles away in Shirdi, the news reached instantly. Listen to what Baba said there. Here is the actual proof of Sai Maharaj's knowledge of past, present and future. That knew no barriers of time and space. Space and time. Although the boy was at Shirdi, all the while listen, listen all listeners carefully to what happened when he went to pay obeisance to Baba on the same day and at the same time. As the boy came very eagerly with his mother and bowed at Baba's feet, he was quite astonished to hear what Baba said to the mother. What could, what could I do, O mother? Today as every day I went to Bandra and there was no rice, no gruel, nothing to eat or drink and hungry, I had to return. Just see the Runanubandha. Runanubandha means the past ties, you know, of our past life. We have ties with people, with different, different people, animals, people, everything, you know, in this world. And we come with that. Rinanu, Rin. Rin means we owe something to somebody. Bandha. Bandha means tie. So we are owing something because of our past lives. So we have come to repay this life. Something like that. Just see the Runanubandha. When the door was closed, I, ent I entered at my own sweet will. Who is to prevent me? The master was not at home. My intestines were groaning with hunger. And in the same instant, at the height of the noon, I turned back without a morsel. On hearing these words, the son at once guessed that most probably his father forgot and was missed day making the food offering. He pleaded to Baba, let me go home. But Baba would not hear none of it. Instead, he made him offer puja there itself. The same day the son sent a detailed letter from Shirdi on reading which the father's heart simply melted. The letter from Bantra read Shirdi too. The son was amazed. His eyes were filled with tears which freely flowed down the cheek. Just see the wonderful sport of Sai. How will love not well up in the heart? Can there be such a heart of stone that will not melt by this? It was the loving mother of the same boy who was blessed by Sai Baba when she was once a Shirdi. And now listen to this marvelous tale. She was in the dining hall, food was served and everybody was about to begin. When suddenly at that hour of the noon, a hungry, a hungry dog came to the door where the lady sat. The lady at once gave a quarter of the bhakri from her plate to the dog. But at the same moment, there also came a hungry pig smeared all over with mud. Whom, whom too she fed the bhakri. It all happened so naturally that the lady soon forgot all about it. But in the afternoon, Baba himself brought up the subject. In the afternoon after lunch, when the lady came to the mosque as usual and sat down at some distance, Baba said to her affectionately, Mother, you fed me today and with all that food my stomach is full, almost to the throat. I was suffering acutely from hunger, but you appeased me by giving me food. This is what you should always do, for truly this alone will stand you in good stead. It can never be that sitting here in the mosque I will speak an untruth. Always have such compassion. First feed those who are hungry, then eat yourself. Preserve this truth carefully in your heart. The lady could not understand what Sai Samat was saying. What could he mean? For his words are never without any significance. <coughs> without significance. So she said, How is it possible that I have given you food? I myself depend on others and eat whatever I get after paying a price for it. After eating the bhakri given to me so lovingly, I was satiated most truly. Nay, I am still belching with that satiation. When you sat down to lunch, you suddenly saw there was a hungry dog with an empty stomach who came to the door. Know that I am one with him. 
and so also the pig that you saw suffering from pangs of hunger and smeared all over with mud with mud i am one with him too as she heard baba's words the lady was quite astonished in the mind so many dogs pigs pigs cats roam around us is baba one of them sometimes i am a dog and sometimes a pig sometimes i am cow sometimes a cat sometimes an ant a fly an aquatic creature and in such various forms do i move about in this world know that i like only him who sees me in all the living beings so give up the sense of differentiation this is the way to worship me they were just not words they were the purest nectar listening to them the lady was choked with emotion a lump rose in her throat and her eyes filled with tears of joy there's another sweet tale about the lady's loving devotion which is also a mark of sai's oneness with his devotee once purandare another devotee set out for shirdi with his wife and children that lady mrs tarkar very lovingly sent him some brinjals from baba she requested purandare's wife to prepare bharit bharit is you know you take the brinjal and then you yeah and you put it on top of burning coals or on nowadays on again gas and then you turn it round and round and round so the it gets cooked inside and then you remove the pulp from inside and then you create another uh, you know chutney out of it that is called a bharit okay so for baba with one brinjal and the other to slice and fry it crisply with seasoning etc called katreya and served a liberal helping thereof to baba i mean those who have come to my house for puja you know for the uh, satyana for sai baba's puja you know when we do the samapti i am sure you have seen those big brinjals that are there uh, you know there this um, the big ones now what we do is we cut them round just uh, like this and then we make uh, we fry them and that is what was liked by baba quite a lot okay they are called kachriya kachriya also means uh, wafers by the way kachriya <laughs> we do wafers isn't it so kachriya also means wafers so at night she took as she took the uh, all right she said as she took the brinjals on reaching chedi she took bhari to serve baba at lunch time after the aarti as usual she offered naivedya and went away leaving the plate of food for baba after collecting together everybody's naivedya baba then sat down for the meal when he tasted the bharit everyone thought that he found it delicious so that then he felt like having fried brinjal slices for he said bring them just now a message went to radhakrishna bai at once that baba wished to have fried brinjal slices and was waiting for them to begin lunch and they were at a loss at what to do there was really not the season for brinjals then how can a dish be prepared a frantic search began for purandar's wife because of the bharit that she had served for it was in the plate that she had bought that bharit was served so maybe in her baggage there are some more brinjal they thought and hence when she was asked the mystery behind the sudden desire for fried brinjal slices was solved and everybody understood why baba had such a great love for them the lady explained that she had made bharit out of one brinjal and served it in the afternoon and i thought that she would fry the slice of the other one later which she had already sliced for the purpose later on when everyone came to know by and by the story of the brinjals right from the beginning they were all amazed to see sai's all pervasiveness on another occasion in the month of december in the year 1915 the same lady mrs tarkat sent a peda for baba with great affection balaram mankar had passed away and his son was to go to shirdi for performing the obsequies and came to tarkat to tell him he came to tarkat to say that he was going to shirdi so tarkat's wife went wanted to send him send with him something for baba as she searched in the house there was nothing to send but just one peda and that too had to already offered as naivedya but the boy was in a hurry to leave moreover that boy was in mourning the one peda in the house was also used already as naivedya 
But she sent the same with him to offer to Sai, saying there is nothing else. So now take the peda and offer it with love. Sai will eat it with relish. Govindji took the peda with him. But when he went for Baba's darshan, it was forgotten as his lodging. Baba was patient with him. Later in the afternoon, the boy came again in Sai's court. But before he forgot again and came to the mosque empty-handed, Baba tried asking him, What have you brought for me? And when he replied nothing, then he reminded him gently, Has no one given anything for me? No, he said. Then Sai Samarth asked him directly, My boy, do you, did your mother not lovingly send me some sweets for me which, which you have left home? It was only then that he remembered. And oh, he felt so ashamed of himself. How could he have forgotten it? His head hung in shame. He prayed for forgiveness and touching Baba's feet, he set out at once. Running, he went to the lodging, brought the peda and offered it to Sai. The moment it came in his hand, Baba at once put it in the mouth and gratified the mother's feelings. It is thus that this Sai, the great Mahatma, glorifies love and devotion by giving each devotee the experience according to his faith. Another significance that emerges from this story is that one should always see God in all living creatures. This is also recognized in all the Shastras and this is demonstrated conclusion here too. Now in the listening of the next chapter you will come to know how Baba lived, where at what place he slept etc. Listen to it attentively. Him at one surrenders at Sai's feet. The listeners should reflect with reverence on the stories narrated, contemplate on them for it will be beneficial to them. We will be to all here in the ninth chapter of Sri Sai Samarth Satcharit called The Consequence of Disobeying Baba, Baba's Arms Collection and the Panchasuna and other sins, stories of the devotee Tarkar as inspired by the saints and the virtuous and composed by the devotee Hemad Pan. Now, I will give you the explanation about, uh, is my video working today? Okay, fine. Now, the uh, Panchasuna and the other sins that are there which are mentioned earlier, what happens to us is this. We accept and take too many things for granted. What we don't understand is, even when we are sitting on a seat, we are killing maybe millions of small creatures which we do not understand. Even by the flutter of our eyelids and eyelashes, you know, we are throwing up so many creatures. We actually don't understand what is happening. We think that there are no, there is no killing, there is no problem that have taken place. But there are so many issues that are happening and these are some things which we have to overcome and take them in the stride. What happens when we are doing crushing of the grains, that time also a lot of germs, germs, kida, vida, makoda, yesap, all those are also killed. Now you may say we are talking about the big ones which you see with your eyes. No, 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 no. This is not the big ones that you see with your eyes. These are the invisible ones. So suppose if I do like this with my hand also, even if I do like this, we are throwing away millions of creatures which we do not even know about. For that reason, what happens is, we have to perform what is called as sacrificial acts. Now these sacrificial acts have to be performed in such a way that if I do anything myself, what happens? I will get the sins accrued to me, isn't it? Suppose if I, if I clap like this, let us say 500 germs are killed, 500 creatures are killed in my hand. So am I not responsible for what I am doing? Whether I know it or not, I am walking and on the, on the ground itself. How many sins I am gathering, I don't even know. How many karmas I am gathering also, I don't know. For this reason, everything is to be offered as a sacrifice. So the food that you eat, any action that you do, is always to be offered as a sacrifice. 
What does this mean? It is like this. Now, if I perform any action, I am responsible. If you perform any action, you are responsible, isn't it? Now, if you tell me to perform any action, who is responsible? You are responsible, isn't it? Now, let us say, for example, you tell me, go and kill somebody. Okay? And if I am caught by the police, who is a bigger culprit? Me or you? So, it is but natural, you are the bigger culprit than me. Because you are the one who instructed me to kill. I have just performed an action. I have just performed an action under your command. So, you become a bigger culprit than me. So, now, this is a very mean way of looking at life. But let us see how the great saints and the sages and the Lord does it. The moment you do the offering of the food to the Lord, the Lord partakes of it as a offering, isn't it? What does He do? You are offering a naivedya. Naivedya means an offering to the Lord. The moment you offer it to the Lord, the Lord partakes of it. And then the Lord says, now you can go ahead and eat. Correct? The moment the Lord has given us permission to eat, the moment you have offered this meal to God, to, the, to that particular saint or a sage who has come to your house or not come to your house, you are offering it to him. Even when you do the puja at home, don't you offer naivedya to the God? So when you offer it to him and then you eat it as a prasad, the sins accrued are not coming to you because it is the Lord who is giving you the permission to eat. Do you get this whole point? See, if you don't understand, you can ask me again. <laughs> so, the onus of this will always remain on the person who takes the responsibility. That doesn't mean that you eat and I am not responsible, God you are responsible, I am not responsible, God you are responsible. Sorry, it's not like that. You have to first offer. Offering is a must. Don't eat and then offer, please. Don't first eat. Please. That is not the way. First you got to offer it. Otherwise what will happen is you have eaten and then you have offered God. That means you have got double the sins. Yours as well as God's. Isn't it? Because God is also partaking of it. So you have eaten and you have given to God. So are you not a bigger culprit than God? So you have, you have got double the dose of those well, sins that have come. Sins means basically karma. I am not talking a sin, sin, it's karma. Now even in Christianity, it is mentioned over there, they say this before meals. They say grace before meals. Says, you know, I am sure, you know, many of you, those who have gone to Christian schools, have said these things before meals. They say, grace before meals, bless us, O Lord, these thy gifts, which are about to receive. We are about to receive from thy bounty. That means, Lord, these are your gifts. You are giving them to me. I, these are, these, I don't own any of these things. Since I have offered them to you, you are giving them to me as gift from you. So that is why it is called prasadam. Prasad. Got it? So when you take it and then you start eating after you have finished the grace, then Sins are not accrued to you. Karma doesn't come to you. And this is the reason why this Panchashuna that is that we were talking about, 
these can be avoided got it all right good so now if there are any questions i'll take no questions ah huh? what about the non believers the non believers are uh, having a big bank account i can't help them <laughs> their bank account keeps on piling up and there is nothing that can be done see first and foremost it is like this in our life we make so many mistakes okay why it's actually not a mistake it's a part and parcel of our life uh there was one lady she drove 400 kilometers on third gear okay from the place where she bought the car to her house she drove in the third gear now think what would have happened the car had to immediately go for service because the whole thing had fallen apart so you have to understand that those who are the non believers have actually no idea about it so those are like this woman who is driving in the third gear and i am sure kalpana will remember the first time when we bought a car the brake was on and i drove for 10 kilometers with the brake on the handbrake was on and i was wondering what is that smell coming <laughs> so by the time i landed up in my house the whole you know the brake system had become completely jammed and it had become very very hot now we may call it ignorance isn't it so the non believers are basically ignorant they will be driving with brakes on okay hand brakes on so they will be like me okay padma has written chandrayana what is that okay i'll take mega by the time you type out your question can you offer in your mind before starting food see what happens is mind is an imaginary creature i know everybody says mind is a real person okay but mind comes into play as an imagination how does it come let me tell you okay you are walking on the road there is a 100 rupee note lying on the floor over there so what happens you look at the note and you look around here and there nobody around and pick up the note and put it in your pocket and then while you are walking ahead somebody taps you on the shoulders that 100 rupee note belong to me then what happens now what has happened is i'll tell you the object was there object the 100 rupee note is there all right the object is there the moment you saw the object the mind came into the picture it told you oh there is a 100 rupee note and first you felt very nice about it because 100 rupee notes are not found on the floor okay not on nowhere secondly you said i wish nobody sees it let me take it let me keep it in my pocket and let so you look around here and there that is very suspiciously you are seeing around here and there and then you pick it up and keep it 
Afterwards, the person came and tapped you. Then what happened? Remorse came into the picture. Why the hell did this note fall over there? Now see, I had to give it away. And then you feel bad about the whole issue. And your mind has already created a lot of, you know, full cricket match 2020. Okay. Now, what happens to a person who is on the spiritual path? Somebody who is like Krishna. What he does is, he is walking on the road. He sees the 100 rupee note. He picks it up and puts it in the pocket. Starts walking over there. Suddenly somebody comes, taps him. Says that was my 100 rupee note. He picks it out from his pocket, gives it away and walks away. Now you will wonder, what is this special, what is so special about it? Can I get the book from there? That first book, you know which one. So, you will wonder, ki, what is this nonsense? Why Krishna is not responsible, whereas the whole world is responsible? Okay. And this is something which you got to understand that things have come into the picture because of the mind. Mind, you understand? The mind is actually non-existent, but the mind came into the picture the moment your eyes saw the 100 rupee note. Did you understand this? Yesterday I was explaining to you how food, what you eat, why do you have it separate, 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 separate? Why not mix everything like a mixer and just gulp it down? Because of our taste buds. We, now did you understand eyes, taste buds, like that. So these are called senses. Now the senses and the object, when the object is seen or touched or felt or done whatever by the senses, the moment these two things come together, mind comes into play. But if you are just eating for the sake of eating, you are just seeing for the sake of seeing, so that you have to live in this world, things are not going to affect you. So whether there is a hundred rupee note or a thousand rupee note on the floor, does not matter. Whether it comes to you or doesn't come to you, does not matter. Now this I will explain to you through a story. I will read it out from one of the books. Uh, Padma, you are not written about Chandrayana. Okay. Okay, I, I'll, I'll first uh, read this small story over here. Some of you have heard it, but uh, you know, hear it once again. You'll like it. Krishna proves that he is a pure Brahmachari. You feel like laughing, no? Krishna and pure Brahmachari. Wow, wow, wow. Look at who is talking. Okay, so Krishna proves he is a pure Brahmachari. Once the Vraja Gopikas decided to feed Durvasa Muni to get his blessings to lovingly attend the lotus feet of Sri Krishna. Durvasa Mani was living on the other side of the river Yamuna. During that time, the Yamuna was filled with overflowing. How could they cross on the other side? The gopis asked Krishna for some advice. Sri Krishna said, You all should meditate upon your worshipable Lord and tell Yamuna that if Sri Krishna is a real brahmachari, then she should give you a way to the other side. The gopis were surprised to hear from Sri Krishna because they knew he was always in association with them. Now, a very soft word, association, okay? You can, you can visualize in your mind all the things. They laughed to hear him describe himself as Brahmachari and asked, how is it possible? You are always associating with the gopis. 
How can you call yourself a brahmachari? Krishna said, you go and tell Yamuna Devi. And then see what happens. Then all the gopis went to the bank of Yamuna and following the instructions of Sri Krishna said, Oh Yamuna Devi, if it is true that Sri Krishna is a real brahmachari, then give us a way to cross you and go to the other side. To their great surprise, Yamuna immediately split into two and they went and they went to Durvasa Muni's ashram on the other side. When they reached the other side of the river, they cooked different preparations and fed Durvasa Muni to their heart's content. Durvasa ate all the most tasty food with happily and then he blessed all the gopis saying, Let all of you attain strong devotion unto the lotus feet of Sri Krishna. Pleased at receiving the great Rishi's blessing, the gopis returned to the bank of Yamuna to return to their homes. But once again, the Yamuna was impassable, filled to the banks with river water. Returning to Durvasa Muni, they asked him the process by which they could cross the river. The Muni said, Go to the bank of Yamuna and tell her, O Yamuna Devi, if it is, is it true, if it is true that Durvasa Rishi did not eat anything until now, then please let us cross onto the other side. So the gopis went back, went back to the bank of Yamuna and did as they were trained by Durvasa. They were surprised to see that once again Yamuna immediately gave way. How is it possible they asked each other? Is it not true that Durvasa Muni has not eaten anything? We just fed him so much. They were all bewildered to see this contradiction. When they returned to their homes, after crossing the river, they asked Sri Krishna to tell them the truth of these events. They said, Oh Krishna, we know that you are not a brahmachari because you are always having all golmal with us, okay? And having pastimes with us. How is it then that Yamuna accepted such a thing as truth and gave us clear pathway? And we just fed Durvasa Muni until his stomach was full. How then could Yamuna Devi accept it as truth that he had not eaten anything till now and allowed us to cross their banks? This is bewildering. Please tell us the secret behind this. Krishna replied, My dear gopis, you are all very simple and innocent. You all have so much love for me. You should know that even if I am staying with you all day and night, Still, I am a pure Brahmachari. Allah, Now, this is an important line. Acceptance to anything taking place through the mind, that is, acceptance of anything takes place through the mind. Whatever that you do, you accept it through your mind. I am Jitendriya. Jitendriya. The one who has conquered the senses and the mind. And thus I have controlled all my senses. Without my desire, my mind does not touch anything. That is why I am a pure Brahmachari. Even if I spend all my time with you, my dear gopis, in the same way, Durvasa Muni also eats without being attached to the taste of food. As a result, his mind does not become attached to anything. Thus, Sri Krishna removed the doubts of the Vraj Gopikas. Got it? That means, you have to offer it. Your mind if you offer, through your mind if you offer, first the mind has eaten it. 
correct or no now did you understand why i told you if you are saying i offered it in my mind what your mind has already eaten it boss think about it you know the smell is coming nicely from the kitchen i said ah nice stuff is going on your mind is already eating it <laughs> so that is the reason why mind offering it through the mind is something that you need to avoid offer it to the lord maybe there is a small picture maybe there is a small image something like that offer it to the lord and then you take it again in this book you have seen everybody comes to sai baba and even the peda is also offered you see so always i don't know those who have visited with me to the baba's ashram in andhra no that the before we reach over there we have to take something for that saint it is always you have to offer something food in um, in our case i i told all of you all don't you know we'll take little fruits but the rest of it we got it converted isn't it so you need to offer this these offerings are important it is for overcoming this problems that are there in our world so once we offer them they take care of our all these karmas that are there okay now here what is this is this a i'll answer padma's question see what happens during these different different days in the year where you are supposed to first you clean the water do this do that clean your all the places outside isn't it you take that gobar gobar ko kya bolte hain cow dung cow dung se leke pura dho ke ye karke wo karke nikalte why is done why is all this done you know why because we have now i am not going to tell you about that thing upstairs over there that is nothing to do with us today nowadays they found one small stone on mars and they have a problem okay we are not talking about that we are talking about this the the nadis that are there in us there is an overlapping think about it like this if you sleep on one side have you seen now if you have cold all the cold moves to the side which is on the lower side or no have you seen that or if you sit from the other side it will move on to the other side and then you can only you will do like this and then then you will want to use all this this kind of things you know inhalers and stuff like that okay and here i have so many oils over here which are axe oil like that you will have to use all those now this is is choking up okay we need to clear that up there are millions of germs trapped over there you know cold means how many germs there are millions and millions of those viruses and bacteria and stuff like that stuck up in your body now you want to murder them is it so you go and eat all those antibiotics before you do any of those things you need to clear it out so now you think about it what exactly do you do breathing exercises deep breathing so what happens you clear both these nostrils isn't it one side is the chandra and the second side is the surya third one sushumna now i know it is going to get complicated so i am not going to talk too much because <laughs> very very few people need to understand this so clearing up of the nadis is very very important 
So the purifying action is actually not being done for some sun and the moon and the stars and all over there. Sun and the moon and the stars are inside you, not somewhere outside. Okay? So cleaning them up, clearing up those things is very, very important. Cleaning up the sarovar that is around you is very important. Why? If you are having cold and cough and all that, doesn't your mother or somebody tell you, no? You drink something hot, do this, do that, don't sleep in that place, don't put on the fan, don't do this, don't do that. Do we do this or no? How many do's and don'ts are there? Thanda nahi khanega. What? Sardi hota hai. How many times you have been told, don't eat ice cream, don't do this, don't have cold bath. Those are called cleaning processes. And this is what we actually do in our world. This is not considered as a prayaschit, but it is considered as asking for forgiveness from these creatures that we are going to actually kill them, murder them or do whatever. So we perform these cleaning exercises. And that is the reason why offerings are a must. Please offer. Okay? Always offer. Even if it is a little peda, does not matter. Even if it is a tiny peda, does not really matter. Alright? Any more questions?